Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midnight Mission. We are talking Moon Knight, Disney Plus's Moon Knight series. Every week we've been going through the episodes of our different guests, and today is no different. We've got two new guests as well. I have got Dave Horrocks and I have Matthew Lloyd here to talk Moon Knight. So I'm going to quickly go on the table for you guys. Um, if anyone knows, to be fair, if anyone listens to comic, Comics in Motion at any point, you should know these people perfect, really. So let's get around. Uh, King of the Comics in Motion, Dave Horrocks. Dave, how you doing? You okay? I'm good, thank you. And uh, thank you for my uh, promotion from Godfather to King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that in the last few seconds. No, no, I'm very good, very good. And uh, I've been chomping at the bit. I think the first two recaps you, you've done, Scott, uh, have been brilliant. Uh, really entertaining, but I have been chomping at the bit to get on because I, I have really enjoyed this series. I think mm. it's definitely up there. I mean, we're halfway through now, and I, I think at the moment it could be vying for top spot in terms of those Disney Marvel oh, really? uh, series that have been coming out. I think it, in terms of the first episode, I think that was mm. the strongest first episode out of all the series. Um, but of course, you know, it, it depends what they do. And that final act, you know, the the last couple of episodes, I think, uh, will will determine that. But um, yeah, I have lots of questions because uh, I <laughs> I think this episode was a bit more world building mm. than the previous episodes, and so uh, I, I, I'm not sure I understood everything that was going on. <laughs> but luckily, I've got you two to. <laughs> we shall endeavour to try and answer some other questions, uh, as well in the other corner. Uh, we have Matthew Lloyd. Matt, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to talking to you. Uh, I've enjoyed the, uh, the series so far, despite the deviations from what I was anticipating. I've, I have enjoyed it, but, you know, adaptations are not always, uh, don't always work for me. I have to sort of separate things. And uh, I've only just recently got, uh, got to watch uh, most of the, the Disney Plus uh, Marvel series, anyway, mm -hmm. so they're all fairly fresh. The ones I've seen, so but I've enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, despite the things that happening that I didn't anticipate and and such. Good. I mean, of all, I would say this way: of all the characters that can survive adaptation, I think Moon Knight's pretty far up there. I mean, I don't think like there's been one run that's matched the previous <laughs> run. So, you know, he will come out of this unscathed. I think, you know, but you're right; it's it's interesting. Um, but yes, Dave, you had your hand up then. Like, literally had your hand up. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, Matt, which series have you not watched? Uh, just in case the conversation veers and I, I spoil something. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Well, I, I will tell you, I am not really uh, uh, anal about spoilers. So if you spoil anything from Loki, it's okay. That's the only one I haven't watched. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just... Uh, I'm at a point where if I want to watch something, I'm going to watch it. Spoilers be damned. You yeah, know? And, fair enough. You know, I, 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 if there's something I know I don't want to be spoiled on, I purposely will avoid it. But you're clear on the on this stuff. I mean, it took me this long practically just to watch any of the uh, the Marvel shows anyways. So you're, you're good. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so let's dig into this. is uh, yeah, episode three, The Friendly Type. Um, I think we'll have to sort of uh, decipher what they mean by that. You know, some of the the titles have been like clues and things. Um, but we'll go through the episode. This is, this is as you said, uh, Dave, this is a bit of a world building and sort of like globe trotting episode as well. 
Uh, we've left London behind. We are now in Egypt. We're in Cairo. But before we finally get to Cairo, we are still in London and we are with Layla um, and, um, and another old woman, basically sort of like a, a, a document forger. Um, and she's having a brand new passport created so that she can travel to, uh, to Egypt. Uh, and I think it's worth just laying on this, staying on this scene because, you know, I usually bypass a lot of the interest stuff. But this, there's, there is so much to unpack in this scene that I, I wanted to sort of like just wait on it for a few minutes. So, but what, this intro, any thoughts on this intro before we sort of do wade into it? Uh, Layla and the, the passports. I, I'll just say straight away, I thought it, the shooting of it, like the actual camera work was mm. quite cool, you know, where, where they, the way they, focused her in initially and then you see it's like a, a passport shot I was looking very quickly I've only watched this episode the once but I was trying to see you know is there anything on the passport anything in the numbers you know 32 <laughs> from Werewolf by Night seems yeah. to pop up quite quite a lot but uh, I couldn't spot too much from there I, I kind of feel like I was watching The Matrix for the first time, uh, you know, the actual Matrix, not the movie. I, I was thinking there is so much going on here, but I don't really know what I'm seeing. So <laughs> and I thought I thought it was good. It was clear that, you know, she, she's obviously uh, we kind of had this implied from the previous episodes that, that they're in the spy game or mm. you know, espionage. So forged passports seems to be right on uh right on par for that so yeah i thought it was an interesting scene but i, I like I say i'm sure there was a lot more going on than i was picking up on yeah matt what about you what are your thoughts on just on this intro section i'll be honest i was kind of surprised it started that way because remembering that episode two ends mm -hmm. and he pulls the curtain back and there you see the the Giza, Pla the Giza Plateau and you're like oh we're in Egypt uh, and then uh, we're back in London all of a sudden at the start of this episode so I was kind of surprised but I got a real uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of vibe from it mm -hmm. with uh, the discussion of uh, Layla and her father you got a real Abner Ravenwood uh, Marion Ravenwood kind of vibe from, from parts of it but then she seems to have a little more uh, agency than than Marion does. She got drugged along by Indy in Raiders, but this is a this is a character that's going after something on her own. It sounds like she's been a, been doing this kind of thing already, and and she even sounds a bit like Indiana Jones as far as uh, rescuing uh, antiquities and giving them back to people that where they belong, that kind of thing. Except it sounds like it seemed to me it was implied that she's going to give them back to the gods themselves or something like that, as opposed to just putting them in a museum. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. You, you just, I just had that internet just lined in my head. Then, like, it belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I thought this was, was actually I, not what jarring is the wrong word, but I, I like the fact because I was expecting like that full pelt begin. I was like, oh, they've set up Egypt. This is it. We're off the run. But there to bring it back to this, like this dark scene, um, was kind of cool. Um, I think I think it's good for Layla. I think I like the fact, like you say, you're getting this information. Like you said, you know, you get this Tomb Raider vibe from her. This fact that she has got agency, she's kick-ass, she's you know, she's able to do this stuff. For me, as a comic geek, though, it was an ooh ah scene. You know, ooh ah. Oh. Um, so in the comics, and, I, and I'm gonna. This is where I'll be doing my divergence. In the comics, Moon Knight does have a, a female partner or girlfriend or whatever. Uh, uh, Marlene uh, Alderan who is the daughter of 
uh, an archaeologist, um, and she was there the night Mark Spector died, uh, and it was actually his father. Her father is killed by um, the group of mercenaries that, that Mark was with. So I'm sort of building on last week's episode when he was in the car with those uh, Amut uh, policemen, or those mm. Amut sort of followers, and they were like, yeah, this is what he did to a bunch of archaeologists on a dig, execution-style murders, and they're like, well, that's brutal, to find out that you know this is her. So I'm starting to build that they are building. She is clearly, or not even clearly, like she is just the, the Marlene st- uh, stand-in now, um, which is cool. No, I'm completely happy I, with I that. I thought Marlene's last name was Fontaine. No, no, that's uh, that's a, a different character. Yeah, uh, Marlene Fontaine. A different Marlene. Yes, uh, yeah, Marlene Alaran is is the uh, Moon Knight Marlene. Now I reread those issues last night. Marlene Fontaine in the first issue of Moon Knight is named. No, Fontaine Marlene in the first Fontaine. issue, but she becomes Alaran yeah. for the rest of the run and forever and more. Seriously, when does that I, I uh, probably about issue three. <laughs> They changed I mean, her name does. in issue three. They, well, she's she may be but she's definitely Alaran because I can I can go. In fact, I'll slide across <laughs> right now. And I will get is, it, is this like a Stan Lee thing where um, yeah. we we have like Bob so they, Banner? They, they forgot her name. <laughs> no, or, no, no, no. Well, not so they forgot. Munch just didn't give a crap. <laughs> so <laughs> when he was filming these things, he was sort of like, "Eh, these characters will probably go away," and they didn't. They just sort of stuck around. Um, huh. So yes. When she's first introduced, she may have a different name, but she's definitely Alaran uh, later on. Because she has a brother as well who comes in later on, uh, who dies. <laughs> and so, and that's also Moon Knight's fault. That's a whole different story. That'd be season two. Um, but yeah, I love the <laughs> fact you're getting all this information, though, in this opening sort of section where they're just dropping these little nuggets and you're constantly going before they sort of drop you into the, the action again. So I was quite excited by this sort of opening section. And as you sort of said, Matt, though, like you, she's being set up as... She's not a damsel in distress. Like she is a full equal partner to Mark, which is um, kind of cool. I'm glad that they're doing that kind of thing. Then we jump from there. We go. We do go to to Cairo, uh, and we have we jump in with uh, with Mark now being the dominant personality in charge of the body, and he is tracking down people um, across the rooftops to uh, find out information about where Harrow Arthur Harrow is now trying to find this dig, uh, so he can find Amut. Um, and he has this fight and there's a couple of things in here. So he obviously sort of, you know, he kicks out to kick ass. He pulls the knife on the guy and Stephen stops him. Uh, and then Stephen manages to take charge of the body and they get into the taxi. Um, we'll go, so we'll go up to that bit because that's sort of like where it sort of changes. And then obviously Mark sort of takes back again. So this thing we've got with the bond is now sort of the action on the roof as well, the fight. Um, and this thing between Mark and Stephen now, the violence, what were your thoughts on that, Matt? The sort of, uh, that that sort of opening in Cairo. Uh, I, I I enjoyed the. I had heard rumors that the the middle three couple episodes of the series didn't have a lot of action in it, but I thought it was uh, fairly well action packed. I mm. thought this was a pretty neat a neat fight scene, uh, especially when they have to try and you know shifting back and forth between personalities and then. Uh, there's another personality that rears it that, that appears to be present that, uh, yes. that really get, intrigues we shall, me. We shall get to that personality in a moment. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. The, the action itself was was I thought it was good. You keep 
you know, how, how bad you're thinking, how bad is he gonna, uh, you know, beat up these guys, you know, and it's kind of surprising that it's not Mark Spector that kind of pulls the trigger on him. It's uh, something else happened. So that without, mm. I thought, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, I found that really intriguing. And even though it's one of those things that's could be, you know, not quite how the comics are. It's working well for the series, I think, as a, as, as a, as a device to keep people interested and build things as they go along. So you're constantly going along with this mystery. And there's here's another little nugget or two to make you, uh, uh, you, know, you know, to keep you in there instead of getting lost and going, oh, we forget everything is out, out in the third episode. Almost it feels like, like there's going to be some massive reveal finally in the sixth and in the, in the final episode where it all sort of is going to come. I feel like it's all going to come together at the end and it's going to be one of those mystery kind of series where you, you, you don't get everything till the very end as opposed to uh, like uh, other shows you kind of get halfway through and, Oh, okay. So that's what's going on. And then there's the resolution in the last couple episodes where I think everything's going to build to the end. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. Like, yeah, this is this is a mystery where you're getting clues every episode, aren't you? Like I said, you know, like the thing with Marlene, like you say, then you get with this. Even within this fight, you get little bits behavioral. There's some really yeah. good behavioral stuff. I think that's really interesting as well. Like you say, this is building up to this mystery. We'll get to the other, and, the other and it's not just it's not just Mark slash Stephen Moon Knight. It's it's Marlene too, and the whole what's mm. really going on. It feels like there's a whole lot more going on, you know, and. You know, people who've read comics might have an idea they that they that they know what it is, and you go, oh, that's going to be this. But then again, it could be something totally different. But it just has that sense as it goes along. So I think it's a really yeah. effective storytelling uh, approach. It, it keeps you hooked. I mean, that's the thing. Like this, episode, this is one of those episodes that, like, I would say, like, I had some issues. I had some issues with episode two. I thought like it lent into the comedy too much. But this episode is a mystery episode, as you said. It's a really good description. It just keeps kept me hooked. I was like, what? what? Oh, more information. What's going on? Like you said, because like, I keep anticipating stuff from the comics. And I am bringing you know, that knowledge as well. Like, you know, we'll get to the, the, the stabbing in a moment and what I'm anticipating. But like you said, I think even before we start, started, like you can't really anticipate anything with this show because if you do, it sort of knocks you sideways and goes, nope, that's not what you sort of thought. Um, Dave, what were your thoughts on the, the fight and the, uh, uh, the section on the rooftops? I thought the action was good. Um, we haven't really seen a, an open sort of fight like that, you know, and, and you've got Mark going up against a few different thugs, different characters. You mentioned about Indiana Jones and, and the comedy, and I thought they lent into that quite a lot. In the first one, there's, there's mm. the scene where the guy's got his swords and he just pulls his gun out and shoots uh, famously because Harrison Ford had a, had a touch of the, the old deli belly, didn't he, at the time? Yeah. So, <laughs> but I thought when the guy is, is playing about with the knife and then he draws the kind of semicircle on the floor with the knife and then he's licking the knife and then he just gets a punch in the face, I thought that was the same kind of... I thought it was almost an homage to that scene i think the the bit that i found slightly jarring is we know it's oscar isaac and we know why it needs someone of his caliber to be doing this role but i was wondering why is it not moon knight who's doing the chasing on the rooftop is is that because it's in the daytime is it as simple as that or it just felt to me like one where you know like spider-man well you've got to see that it's tom holland or Tom yeah, Maguire, whoever i think i think it's partly i think there's a couple of things at this point and because Moon Knight, 
it's the armor, isn't it? Like we say mm-hmm. moon, we say moon knight, and yeah. we think in the costume, the suit, the yeah, suit, yeah. summon the suit is what they say. Um, and it's almost like that's almost like the next level. It's like all right, when, when sort of like the craziness gets ratcheted up or the danger gets ratcheted up, it's like summon the suit. That's when they sort of lean into the the suit. Other than that, I think it is like you know. Because you, you, you don't forget, like you said, he's, he's Max Spector's a mercenary, like he's a fighter, like he knows what he's doing. So I'm not so worried about that. And also, I think he's trying to keep a really, I would say he's trying to keep a low profile. He's really not because he's kicking us <laughs> yeah. over the place. But um, I think, you know, like, yeah, I think the other thing is like the, the suit, Moon Knight suit, works better at, at night because of the you know, it's white, mm. it's got the gold and that kind of thing. The second thing that I was thinking about when, when I watched this fight, one of the things that they're trying to set up, and it's interesting how they've done this because of the next scene we'll talk about. They get into the fight, and you're right about the comedy. The bit where he licks the knife and just gets punched in the face, I thought was was perfect. I thought it was really well choreographed. I thought the fight looked good as well. But there were two moments I thought were really interesting um, in this. Is when he, when there's that, that lad, the young lad that sort of like he's fighting him, like he's punching the other guys like you know full fist, and he gets this lad and he just sort of slaps him down. He he hesitates. Yeah. And uh, and then eventually when Stephen sort of says to um, Mark. You know, like don't because he has the knife in that guy's throat, and that's when mm-hmm. he, you know that's when he sort of Stephen uh, takes over. But I think what they're, they're clearly setting up this idea of sort of the levels. There's almost like three levels. Like we've met we've met Mark, uh, Stephen. You know, he's passive. I wouldn't say he's cowardly so much, but you know, he's not because he's, he's he's starting to up his game. But he's sort of like you know, this isn't his world. Like you know, Stephen is all about the normal. <laughs> he works. In the, he works in the gift shop. Like you know, he's he's almost like the intellectual. Like you know, he's the brain. And then you've got Mark, who, and this is interesting as well because like, I don't think Mark's explained this yet. Mark's the original. So you know, Stephen still doesn't know that he's an actual an alter um, that's come that's a, you know, materialized at some point. And he has this thing of like you know, he's been the mercenary. He's got this redemption. He's trying not to. Every now and then, he gets the urge to. And then we're going to get something else. And I think we'll get to that. So we do get things. So they, they get hit in the head, knocks out. And when he wakes up, they're on top of a plateau. And everyone, he's got a knife in one guy's gut. And the, the lad is looking terrified. And then it's Mark that sort of like resurfaces. And Conchu says, take him to the edge. He holds him over using his scarf. And the, the lad cuts his own scarf and says, praise Amut. Obviously, he's willing to sacrifice himself rather than give up Amut's location. But let's talk about that moment then of the coming two. They're doing this thing now and again. There's a there's a blackout moment, and he Mark blames Stephen, which I thought was amazing. He's like, Stephen, what have you done? He's like, it wasn't me. I have no idea what's happened. So there is a third altar, um, and we know this one in the comics. But before we get to that, what were your thoughts then of this thing of like you said about the mystery? Like now you've got two, you know, you've got Mark and Stephen, and neither of them seem to know who this personality is either. I thought it was neat. It happens twice. And mm. the first time it happens, you're kind of like, wait, wait a minute. Was that somebody else? Was that? And it, it teases you. And then it happens again. And you're like, all right, there's a third personality we're dealing with here. We've got Steven and Mark who are like, I didn't do it. Neither did I. And who did it? Um, and I really like that both as a, as a storytelling device to, and uh, keeping you intrigued with the mystery and building things. Uh, giving you a little nugget to take you somewhere else and make you start to think. And here's one of the weird things that I started thinking of. Um, and, and I know it can't it can't honestly be this because we know that Kanshu is supposed to be a real a real thing that mm. exists. But I keep thinking, 
with the way they're sort of changing some things, is Khonshu just going to be another uh, personality in his head? Because we constantly hear him in his head, just like Stephen hears Mark and Mark hears Stephen. And I'm wondering, is that really ultraviolet one? Is that actually Khonshu? That's one of the things I thought about. And that's not from the comics. That's something I just thought of, just thinking, would that be wild if he's actually, if that's one of the personalities? But then, you know, there's other stuff that happens in the episode that I would say you can't uh, attribute if, if there's not a real Khonshu with mystical mm -hmm. powers. But nonetheless, it still made me think, is he somehow inhabiting Khonshu? Is that maybe he's still in his head and able to control him, and that's what sort of released the other personalities? Well, you say uh, that. And those are... Those kind of things, and like I had, I haven't read all the Moon Knight comics. So I'm mm. not like you. I've read some, so that that and that's then, what I started thinking about. That no, I think it's right really though. great. You, you're right though, because I think one of the things I thought was interesting, because you say about you know this show will knock you sideways, you know you yeah. expect. So let's be clear. Like, well, actually, I'll go to Dave first, and then I'll sort of like you know the two things that sort of I was picking up. But Dave, what were your thoughts on this uh, the stabbing and and this potential third personality? I love the way they shoot and and show us from one person's perspective mm. so in that initial fight it's steven that wrestles back control so you get mark's perspective and he's lost control wakes up in the taxi see these guys you know just wandering about and jumps out of the taxi and then then starts to chase him you know and then he's having this back and forth with with steven and, but you're getting it all from Mark's perspective. We haven't mm. seen that before. We've always seen it from Stephen's perspective. It from the first episode. The first exactly, episode. yeah, yeah. So I thought that was good. So when Mark comes back, and like you say, he blames Stephen at first, because that's what we'd seen before. But that's when it becomes clear there's there's something else as well. So I think it's... I, I thought it was great. And it obviously, it's, it's implying there's a third person there but you mentioned about levels different levels of, of people and what i was thinking is is it more like it's almost like his own avengers team up you know because in different situations the different personalities are useful so have you, have you read the bendis run is that where you're going with this ah uh, you know what i there was a run i read i think it was around volume five i think it was around the bendis and alex malieve yeah is that the run it, honestly it, yeah. i can't remember that much yeah. about it but in the, in the bendis run he has his you know he replaces Stephen. It, it is mark who goes to the US of los angeles and he replaces or at least he sort of scrubs mark Stephen, and, and jake being separate and he becomes mark right. you know, he has these altars that are captain america spider-man and wolverine Right, right. Okay. I, honestly, I, I, I read that run. I think that's the one with Midnight Man. That, that's. Uh, well, we'll get to Midnight Man. But, uh, count that he played, it goes against Count, um, whatever, Nefarious, Nefaro, whatever it is. Nefaria. Nefaria. Yeah. 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 Um, but Midnight Man, is, Midnight Man is from the, the Munch run. Um, I think it might and... be that one that I've read, you know. Mm. I, I, I just remember all of the the clocks and the, the artwork yes okay yeah yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah um, that, no, that's the finch run so that's when that that is that that's right. midnight man but that, we'll get to that because there's a okay. whole different Sorry. piece there yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um no it, it, to be honest i mean I, I i like i said i'd read actually this last week i i went back and what read uh 
uh, Moon Knight's first appearance and classic first appearance. Uh, but I, I'd only read the one run, but he's never really grabbed me as mm. a character, to be honest. Uh, so, but I'm I'm going to try and read more, you know, following up from this series. But I was thinking more about Stephen's knowledge of Egyptology. That's that's more what I was thinking. That you know, Mark is obviously a badass. He's basically James Bond. Mm. um you know and, and and utter badass but i thought well they're they're leaning so hard later in the episode to all the different egyptian gods and everything knowledge of how that all works i i think would be really handy and that's why i think stephen may later come into his own you know and mark may actually have a use for him well i think we see that in this episode don't we? you say about users a team i think they are yeah. a team i think so uh, let's crack well, on it. That's how it was written originally. It's it was mm. like uh, Doc Savage, where he had his operatives. Except with Moon Knight, he's got a couple operatives, but he's also his own operatives. Yes, when he, when he, when he goes perso- undercover. Yeah, yeah. They were you personas. Know I mean? and, they were personas, not yeah, personality. Yeah, yeah. Like he, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. They didn't really it's, become. It's, it's written. Knowing what happens later, going back and rereading that. Uh, last night, I reread uh, the two Marvel Spotlight issues, the team up with the thing. Uh, oh, really? Some of the black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very earliest. Some of the, uh, yeah. the the black and white issues of the Hulk magazine, some of those. Yeah, yeah. I love and that then, one. Yeah, then when Sin Cabbage comes on, it's just like, oh my God. Um, and there's black and white. And the first one's Gene Colan, and that's really great too. But then, like, the first issue of Moon Knight that. Uh, uh, you have the original series and just reading that it's there's still a uh he's being real coy about exactly how they are because like even like marlene's like well who are you today you know you keep switching almost like he's switching uh personalities like by choice Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's it's it does it doesn't feel simply like hey i'm going out as matches Malone tonight, Alfred, I'll be back later. It's like, you know, oh, you're a different person now. Almost has that feeling to it. So I, I don't know when they started the whole multiple personality thing in the comics, but it feels like they were picking up something on that that was seeded and that, early on. But I, I was just yes. wanted to say what Dave would say about being the team. It's almost like it was written like a team and now he's like his own team in mm. his head. And like, we, I think what you were getting at was each each personality has... Uh, something useful to be used mm, towards yeah. the greater goal and that moon knight to be moon knight needs all those knowledge and personalities i mean the first cover says they become one to do what they must implying that you they need all those personalities are needed personas slash personalities are needed in order to get the job done which is yeah. a pretty different concept but that's what i thought of when you said what you said about the team dave yeah no that, that's a really good point I and mean, that's how you sort of as you're right like you said like that was the idea this persona could access different parts of society and then mark would be the one that's kicking ass as, as moon knight it, it, it it's interesting because again like munch does give that sort of like there are many issues where uh, it quite it, the funny thing is it becomes evident um very quickly that marlene prefers stephen grant but the uh the, the comic version because he's a philanthropist yeah. he's the businessman he's the nicer one to be around and so she actually calls him steven she doesn't yeah, even call him yeah, matt yeah, she calls yeah. him steven yeah that's, the whole that's run, weird which is, which is really <laughs> cool um but the third personality is, a, is is jake lockley and in the comics he was he starts out he's the taxi driver he's the cab driver he's the man on the street and he's the one that sort of gets all that kind of knowledge and he um there's a, a place called gina's diner where he hangs out and he gets sort of like all that information 
later on, uh, Max Bemis did a run, uh, which is a little up and down. It's got some different, some good and bad in it. But part of that, it, it's found out that like that they as you sort of said they have very distinct sort of like types and they bring different things and this Lemire did this as well sort of like Jeff Lemire brought this idea of like Stephen Grant sort of was, is the money um you know Mark Spector is the Moon Knight and then Jake Lockley sort of like is the humanity like he you know he's that sort of like connector to the common man later on they sort of they up Jake Lockley to become that violent one that like he's the one that um they hold back like you know, Mark's always looking for redemption. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to actually do the killing that sometimes Conchu wants. And they let out like Lockley, and I think they are. They're, they're potentially that, that was my first thought. It was like, oh, this is going to be Jake Lockley. And I was thinking about the layers, sort of like Stephen, sort of like the intellect, and then this, and then they've got this sort of like nutcase that is Jake Lockley. And I want to see whatever suit he can sort of like because they can summon the suit. What's Jake going to summon? Mm. however as you say though you make a really good point though matt when they go to the pyramid of giza and you meet the gods and their avatars are talking for them i then thought exactly the same i was like oh hang on has Konshu taken control of the body as he has done here and is he influencing it in some other way so it is still open to that interpretation but i definitely think that that, that Konshu is a is a an entity I'm not going to say God because he's, but he is an entity because they, they make a reference to something, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, any thoughts, any more thoughts just quickly before we move on from this scene of uh, um, this potential personality and the lad sacrificing himself? I think just the lad sacrificing himself again sort of reminds me of uh, Daredevil the first season when, mm. um, you know, uh, he's trying to get Kingpin's name out. And he's so terrified uh, that, you know, he'd sooner sacrifice himself. And, and I think what it shows is this just absolute unconditional faith that they have, um, you know, so they can't be reasoned with. And, you know, there's lots of them as well, isn't there? You know, so yeah. he, he's, he's going to be up against it, old Harrow and, and is it Amut? Amut, yeah. Amut. Sorry, I've got, I got, I got a, just a Terminator reference then. Can't be reasoned with, can't be bargained with. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> doesn't, show, doesn't show mercy. <laughs> um, no, you're right. You know, one of the first episodes we talked about how, you know, this thing has infiltrated so many people. You know, we, we've had this in the Marvel Universe before, these things that sort of like exist just under the surface. Um, this one feels, you know, like before the last one, in, in, um, I was thinking about it when I was watching this episode because I think um, either uh, Rita or Tanya mentioned it before this idea that when you watch the winter, the uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and yeah. you've got the flag smashers, like their motivation's fine, you know, sort of like, but they exist within this political spectrum and stuff. So they've dealt with like politics and this idea of nations and stuff. And this is like the faith version. And that you, the idea of faith as well, and how because um, it is it, it's at first I thought of it as a cult, but then I'm like, well, no, because technically they actually have a god, <laughs> like it's a provable god, <laughs> like so it's not. Is it a cult or what's the difference between a cult and a religion? Is it is it just not the number of people in it? No, <laughs> I, I think I think cult cult in, implies that there's no actual divinity. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's usually the figurehead isn't like a single like devotion to a yeah. man or woman or person that's right. actually there yeah. but because yeah. like, harrow isn't asking for people to be devoted to him 
he's mm-hmm. he is an avatar of, of Amut. And yeah. the thing is, it's not like, and this is where I'm, I'm going to tread some dodgy ground now. This isn't like a priest on a Sunday going, you know, drink this, you know, this is the wine or this is the blood, this is the flesh, and it being a biscuit and a, some wine. Like he's like, oh no, I actually have powers from a god. <laughs> So yeah. like, people have seen his sort of his access to this divine, you know, divine power. Um, I'm going to be careful on that because I know people will probably be offended by it. But that's the sort of thing he's able to prove it, which comes up in a few in a few moments. Um, but we do get so, something about the, the the followers of Amit and Harrow. I, I get at times a a vibe that they're being controlled, that they're not in complete control of their own actions mm. and i wondered if that had anything to do with the young guy deciding to you know i i really you know like they all kind of got up in the last episode i think it was they all get up at the same time and they all kind of mm. move as one i just got i didn't i didn't get a you know all right guys let's go get this guy this guy's crazy he can't say that about our our religion it was more like a uh, you know a mind. Mind. All gonna, yeah it's a yeah yeah, and I, I just I just wonder if that's something they're playing with and coming Maybe. towards us. That's a good it point. Appropriate with your bit with the guy on the on the ledge. Well, yeah, he's got that he's got his cane, hasn't he, that glows and it's got some sort of power. So who's to know if it may yeah. have some sort of um control. That's a, yeah, it's a good it's, it's a good kind point. of purple as well, isn't it? So I think in yeah. the MCU that tends to mean like dark magic. Yeah. yeah. If uh what was it, Agatha? from yes. uh, uh one division was using that kind of purple magic so that's a good shot that's one that yeah. was one of the things i wanted because i thought we're halfway through that's one of the things i wanted to pick up on today but we'll, we'll not agatha heartless particularly but like mix in with the rest of the mcu mm. uh, but following this uh, mark goes back onto the street sort of starts asking questions randomly almost at people sort of like <laughs> yeah. do you know where this sarcophagus is and was like <laughs> no do one uh, and he bumps back into Layla, and Layla says she knows an individual um, who's incredibly powerful, and he has the sarcophagus of Senfu or uh, Sefu, um, S- something like that, Fufu, um, yeah, Sefu or something, yeah. Um, and he is named. Oh, God, bloody hell! Um, he he basically I can't pronounce the name. Right? His name is the character that was Midnight Man. Um, yeah. in the comics and what I would say is that Midnight Man in the comics is a balding middle-aged white man um, not not an attractive um, uh, young actor who sadly has passed since filming this yeah I believe so it's pretty sad isn't it yeah what you say he's a good looking young lad wasn't he it a ski act, skiing accident or something like that I think. yeah I remember it happening it, it was a couple mm. of months ago or something wasn't it it's yeah so tragic young guy seems very good I was, I was, I was yeah Seems like it would have it could have been a character that could have returned um, at some point, but uh, unfortunately not. Uh, but he does have this um, sarcophagus of Sefu, and so uh, this is where you were saying about them becoming a team. Sort of Mark still holding off, um, but you know he knows that Stephen could look at the sarcophagus and do the bits and pieces, whatever he needs to. But just as he's about to do that, Arthur Harrow turns up, waves his literal stick around, and tries to sort of like gain some attention with this with the. Uh, scarab and it all breaks down into a fight uh, and he and indeed uh, Mark has summoned the suit um, but I, I thought this whole section actually um, with the, up, up to and including all the fighting in, in the sort of the horse ring and stuff was really good um, 
I really enjoyed all this because I thought that just, this is one of those one of those things. You know, you said about the the, the filming before like some of the shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this set was ace. I don't. There's just something about this. It felt it felt James Bond. This felt like a James mm. Bond villain set. Like you've got like the horse riding uh, ring, and then these just two these two glass pyramids that were there to be display items. And I was like, this just felt like a villain. Like place, and it is a like, bit Goldfinger, isn't it? Yeah, it really did, and I was like, oh, I'm liking this. This looks cool, um, and then to have him stood on top of it in the Moonlight costume in the top of that glass pyramid, I was like, that's a great shot. Yeah, back to yeah. the trailers. Um, so yeah, but I, I was loving all this other stuff. But going back, I, I like the fact that they are building up to. There's been conflict between Mark and Stephen at the beginning. Now they're sort of understanding that they've got a pairing to try and do this stuff. And this scene really does show that both ways. Like Mark is recognizing Stephen's intelligence and his knowledge as he's looking at the sarcophagus. And then during the fight, when Stephen takes over the body and get literally gets speared and he's just like, Mark, take it back, take it back. (laughs) He realizes that like, there's a, like you said, Matt, there's a purpose for each of them. Um, and I kind of like that, that they are blending and starting to work together that will go to a really cool moment later on. But what were your thoughts, uh, Dave, on the on the uh, <clears throat> meeting with the Midnight Man and uh, the whole up to up to and including the fighting? Like you say, I thought it just looked great. Um, you know, and again, bit random just having these guys jousting it's, it's like a, an egypt version of jousting isn't it just hanging around you know in the late at night um but what i think i appreciated is uh, obviously in in this mcu universe moon knight's got powers mm. so he is he does have this enhanced strength we find out he's got a bit of a healing ability when he's got the suit on as well um but he's not ridiculously overpowered. So, you know, three guys on horses and and a few spears, they could take him down. Mm. And um, so I was a bit worried he might turn into a bit of a Wolverine. You know, he could just fight off everyone and and there's no real peril at all. So I think I I just really like that. And and like you say, that, that shot of him up on the glass pyramid there just looked great. You know, you could quite happily hang that up on your wall, couldn't you? And um, yeah, I, I love the interaction that you can see that, like you say, that they're starting to trust each other now. Mm. So there's more of this back and forth relationship as opposed to this antagonistic relationship. So yeah, really, really enjoyed this scene. Matt, what were your thoughts? Um, the fact that the, the pyramids... Uh, reminded me of the pyramid of the Louvre. I was confused at first. I was like, yeah. "What? What? Wait, wait, what happened?" Uh, and then I realized, "Wait, there's two. And okay. And then I, that that sort of took me out of it for a minute because I was like, "How did we get to this in the middle of the Egyptian desert somewhere?" Because there doesn't seem to be anything else around them except this guy's compound. And I, I guess I would have liked to have seen a little more navigational setup to how did we get here where are we as opposed to being dropped all of a sudden in and that's uh, from a from a storytelling perspective that kind of that kind of threw me off but uh you know the things that happen and getting to see what uh how they work together like you mentioned was cool and uh you know maybe get a little bit more definition of what he can do mm. uh, when he has the, the suit on or, but it's not even that. Did he, he has, didn't he do something in some of the episode without the suit on? Didn't he? Maybe not. 
anyways we, we've yeah. seen yeah. we've seen we've seen like mark kick ass but... yeah a little bit yeah this this is actually yeah. the first time we've seen moon knight in the suit go full like Born. full fight mode because before he just he ran yeah. up the roof didn't he and, and killed the jackal yeah yeah so i mean i enjoyed all of all of that aspect but then i i wanted to get to more of the uh the archaeology stuff with the stuff on the sarcophagus and the you know some, sometimes the the fights to me can be a little uh a little lengthy because it, it it slows down the plot and you you're mm. wanting to find out more about the the mystery and the, or the character or whatever. and it's like okay we know we know they're not all going to die right here yeah. so don't don't draw it out so much that you know he's got seven spears at him he's gonna die no he's not gonna die he just started you know it's so let's make make that make sense and it's from a from a narrative perspective so we keep the the ball rolling yeah i know what you're saying with that because it's you know the, the, each episode's got to have a distinct sort of you know action scene hasn't it or something like that and that's what they're building towards um, and I like the way they said the, the playing off between the two of them. The other thing as well with this scene is when sort of um, Layla's talking to um, to your man, sort of like there is that he says he says to her, um, you know, there's only so much of the past that can be forgiven. So, and she's obviously at the very beginning of the episode they've highlighted like she's not really well, she's like persona non grata a little bit in Egypt. Like there are certain places she can't go, and this guy seems like possibly one of the people she shouldn't be messing with. Um, well, that 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 explains why she had to get the fake passport. She can't go into Egypt as herself. Yes. She had to have you know identity to go under. Oh, yeah. she has her own identity. Hmm, yeah, that? exactly. That um, was that's a really good point. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So Mark isn't the only one that's sort of like switching. Um, yeah, and so so yeah. What so you get that, and then you also get the other bit with uh, with Mark in a bit where she's like, "What is he talking about? What what's you know." Uh, when she tries to, when it's like she doesn't know something about uh, something about their past that he does, mm. and he's trying to, you know, create some, you know, undermine their relationship a bit there. So there's something else going on also, and I think we kind of, having a comic book perspective, have an idea what that might be. But yeah. once again, it could go all sideways at the last minute. Yeah, I just realized I'm not sure if I've got the right around because we've obviously done that bit. We haven't talked about. Um, they, where they go to the inside of the pyramids of Giza to speak to the gods, yep. and that was before um, them going to thingy. I was thinking it was around. So we will take a little track back. So because we do have um, after it was after the lad dies, wasn't it? Sort of. Yeah. Conshu spins the moon. Uh, he create or he creates an eclipse. Um, yeah. And um, I, I honestly, because uh, there's been no cameos, this is completely separate from the rest. This is the first. Sort of major thing. I say major. This is the first sort of thing to be separate from ex, um, established MCU characters and MCU sort of continuity for a long time. I think really sort of you know, everything up until now at least has had a connection or has been part of that continuity. So this is the first sort of thing to be separate from it. And with that moon causing the eclipse, I was like almost when they sort of show it in different parts of the world. I was almost expecting some kind of cameo. Like they would have someone going like, I don't know, um, yeah, like because um, because they've got um, Hulk, um, Bruce, mm. is going to be in is going to be in Miss Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, sorry, in, in uh, She Hulk. 
I was like, oh, and you know, there's clear. I think there's clearly going to be a Carol Danvers cameo in in Ms. Marvel. Um, I was like, you know, who's it going to be for this? And I was, <laughs> so I was, I was anticipating almost like a little glimpse of something, like because they've kept everything so small. No, they're still keeping them separate. Um, but he does, and he gets called to the the Pyramid of Giza, and we have uh, avatars from all the other gods. The Inad is sort of represented by these people on Earth, and the idea is. And this felt very, very much sort of like, you know, we've had uh, the Eternals recently. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a weird sort of connection, I feel, with that. But these gods, and uh, they have this sort of like trial um, and sort of Mark and Konshu call out Harrow. Harrow is actually taken there and he has to defend himself. But he's sort of like, they, they blindly just accept his thing of like, yeah, I'm just mooching through the desert. What's wrong with that? Um, without any question, which was a little annoying. But definitely um, annoying yeah definitely you do get some little bits and pieces like you get to find out obviously you know that why Konshu was was um why Konshu was banished like he almost uh revealed their identity before um but there's also the mention of a thing called the overvoid uh now the overvoid is is a uh, is in the comics it was introduced by jeff lemire in his run in 2016 and in that it is identified that Konshu is, is um, that, that will know it never actually puts it to bed. It could either be an aspect of Mark's dissociative identity disorder, or it could be an entity from the overvoid, which is a, a dimension between dimensions um, that has entered Mark's psyche and has actually caused the mental health issues from which he suffers. Um, so, but to call it the overvoid, so we've now established that these, these gods, these, these, these entities actually are interdimensional beings and do have some elements of power. So I thought that was really interesting, but I also like that some of these characters, I think are clearly going to come back, uh, especially the one that was sort of like the God of song and poetry or art and something. The, 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 the female. Yes. That, she, she kind of nice to him. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely felt like that, that she's got a place in the wider MCU at some point. Like she felt important for some reason. But what were your thoughts I feel about? like she's going to come back. I feel like she's going to come back in this series, in this yes. series and end up being like his helper, so he help him somehow. She's going to be the connection. You know? Well, I, I, yeah, well yeah. when we get to the end of the episode, I have a feeling she may contribute to, you know, re reintroducing Gonshu. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on this trial, this introduction of these, these other gods that you know, sort of, uh, um, and this this whole thing inside the pyramid, uh, Dave? I think I, I, I just swallowed it. Uh, you know, a, a part of my brain is off and thinking, where were these when Thanos was around, you yeah. know, doing his snap? <laughs> and it's like, nope, 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 come back here. Just just go with it. You know, I can totally buy. They they seem to want to be almost like passive observers, don't they? You know, yeah. they, they don't really want to interfere. So I think, like the Eternals, not interfering as well. Uh, you know, I, I think I can go with these guys. So I thought I thought this bit, was the world building bit mm. you know i thought i thought it was great and i loved the fact that they all you know have to speak through their avatars i thought again oscar isaac killed it when he was speaking as conchu yeah. i thought that was great you know and, and uh no i loved it and, and you're talking about you know where it might link to the rest of the mcu i when it was when we were seeing the eclipse, I, I didn't realize we were going to other bits in the world. I thought this was kind of a localized thing. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, it's, we've got one moon. So yeah. if he is the god of the moon, he's going to move it. It's going to move for everyone. 
So you'd think maybe Reed Richards would be having a look up. Uh, who knows? I kind of feel like this is going to connect more to um, things like the Black Knight and Blade mm-hmm. and, and things like that, you know, rather than um, they, they, they've almost got two paths, haven't they? And, and we've got Doctor Strange coming up. Yeah. And usually they're quite good at like laying breadcrumbs for the next thing that's coming along. I know that COVID kind of screwed that up a little bit, but uh, so, so I, my money would be on that and maybe someone like Ghost Rider uh, popping up as well. Cause I, I know there was a project um, which was shelved, wasn't there? So, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to show up somewhere. Oh, Nick Cage is free. I'm sure he'd be willing oh to Oh my do God, it. that would be so <laughs> I mean, still, I, I have a little bit of a soft spot for that movie, but, um, you know, it's the young Johnny Blaze yeah, yeah. that uh, <laughs> when Nicolas Cage is supposed <laughs> to be like 16 or something, uh-huh. I just can't buy. Um, but no, I, th- I thought it was great. Just the way it all panned out, the fact that Conchu's a bit of a dick, you know, but he's, you know, none of the other gods like him, but he's he's got humanity at his, mm. you know, in his best interests, you know. So he's that classic kind of anti-hero, really, isn't he? You know, he's not a, a goody-goody, two-shoes type of god. So he's almost like Thor when we first met Thor. Um, yeah, this say. is Th- Thor's an interesting shout out actually because you and you, you talk about the divergent paths now that sort of the MCU is taking, and weirdly I feel like that. Um, we, we, although we now have you know we now have like Falcon is now the new Captain America and and you know you've got the Winter Soldier sort of that team up and stuff. I feel a bit like we've passed the sort of the grounded spy heroes like with the mm. death with the. With the sort of like with everything that happened in Black Widow, um, it's almost like that drew a line under it. Do you know what I mean? We've now got um, yeah. you know the the new Black Widow and stuff or whatever, but like um, with her sister. Um, but like it feels a bit like that sort of becoming lesser. Like you know they're sort of le- leveling that down. Like oh that's that's this, and then, then uh, Doctor Strange is definitely being elevated. Like that's the big thing, and this film's definitely going to be sort of the big explosion. Like. That was, te- you know, like he appeared in No Way Home. He's now got uh, Multiverse of Madness, and beyond that, it's what we know a couple of things, but we don't know much. So we, but everything we know about is an extension of what's come before. You know, uh, the mm. last uh, Guardians of the Galaxy film. Uh, you know, uh, Black Panther two, and that's really about it. And I do feel like there's something coming. Like they're gonna go. Yeah, now we're going weird. Like, you know, we're, we are totally going to be like, we're going massively cosmic with the Eternals. And like I say, int- that introduced the Black Knight and Blade was teased a little bit in that. Mm. And then you go, right, so you've got the, the Ebony Blade, you've now got Blade, which introduces, obviously, there's going to be vampires. And now you've got these Egyptian deities. You're moving think- away from this idea with Thor that was like, you know, well, to us, it's science, to you, it is magic. No, now they're just like, oh, no, no, no. It's just crazy stuff, and it exists. <laughs> you mentioned about vampires, though, and definitely, obviously, that that's going to come with Blade. But what about werewolves? Maybe? Yes, yes, I was going to say that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I can't wait for the world to be introduced to the the character name of Werewolf by Night. Yeah, when people realise he's called Jack Russell, <laughs> people are going to lose it, are they? they right, are so, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, but anyway, Matt, what about your part with this? With this, the on trial. Any thoughts around the uh, the trial of, um, of uh, Arthur Harrow and, and Mark Spector? 
I, I thought it was uh, – I felt like it was almost something we had to get through just to move the plot along, and it was very uh, cliché. Everything happened was clichéd, I mm. thought. I knew they weren't going to believe him, and I knew you know, there would be one person to be friendly to him, and I knew that you know, in the end, uh, the, the head of the Aeneid would be uh, – I, I didn't like the Ovid piece, not the – uh, Ennead, Ennead, um, yeah, whatever. Ennead, yeah. I said like the Ennead, but sorry, the <laughs> Ennead. Um, and I knew that they wouldn't believe him, and that he they'd be in league with Harrow by the end. And I, I just, it just kind of felt like, well, it's a neat idea, and it has to happen to move the story along, I guess. But I felt like it was just we were going through the motions in in some sense. Um, it was not my favorite part of the episode, even though it could have been cool, and you know. I don't know. It just, it just kind of, whenever Harrow talks or he talks too long, I think, and I sort of zone out because it's just like oh, okay. the same kind of, the same kind of, uh, uh, I can't get the word. I'm sorry. You know, the same kind of stuff every time. It's just kind of like, it's okay. Repetitive, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's the same kind of, we've heard your thing before. Please shut up now. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, like I say, that, that moment, one of the things it's sort of, it's setting up, like, cause, um, and Conchu sort of produces the, um, the 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 eclipse, and he says on it, he says, you know, Mark says to him, "You got a good idea." He says, "Well, I've got a bad one." And yeah, he, yeah. he does the eclipse. <laughs> well, that was quite a cool idea. And it's that, that was sort a of funny a, line. That yeah, funny and it's line. like the gods can't ignore it. So it, it all sets up this fact that like Conchu's sort of like on a, a wavy line. Like he knows he can't push things, mm-hmm. and so. We've, we've had this thing about trust build. This episode to me has been about, you know, call it the fret that's called the friendly type. And I think, you know, th- th- this episode has been about trust building. And I think, you know, what we've had is we've had sort of like, you know, Mark and, and Stephen have been building trust and, and then Conchu as well is starting to sort of push that line. Like, you know, they're going for a course, like, you know, they might not be, as you sort of said, like, you know, they're not the, the goody two shoes. They, they, you know, they'll do things in a different way, but what we are learning is that like they are starting to build trust. And so you do get to the end point, you know, this sort of thing of, of um, in the trial, even when sort of um, one of the, you know, the gods, the, the male avatar sort of says, well, let us speak to, to Mark Spector. Uh, Cause Harrow's like, you know, this guy isn't well, you know, he's got all these issues. Well, we want to speak to Mark, not, not Conju. And they say, like, is it true? And straight away Mark's like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's not the point. Like I am not important in this. Like you know, this is what's going to happen. Like Harrow is trying to release uh, Amut, and so like I like the fact that they are a team. Like there's at no point is Mark going like, no, this is nuts, and I want out. Like you know, they're not, like, is there a way out? Of this? Like he is committed to this just as much as Conchu. So I kind of like that they're building up this team. So I, I accept that Mark and and Conchu are one as a team. But in this, in the final episode, in the final part of the episode, well, you get that Stephen is now building. A relationship with Conchu. Um, because at that point, up until this point, he's been like, you know, he calls him the fool or the idiot, the, the idiot has control. Um, and so he's always been like, you know, quite sort of dismissive of Stephen. But at the end of this, like he's seen Stephen's intellect come into play, like that, you know, that scene in which we'll get to uh, we'll talk about now. But um, well, might as well like, they, you know, they go to the car, they've got the map out, and Layla's saying to him, like, you know you need to let Stephen out so he knows what he's doing. And he does. And again, Oscar Isaac 
does a fantastic job of like you know he does almost that Christopher Reeve thing of like the body shape changes and the yeah. facial expression changes and you see you see right in front of you the transition from Mark to Stephen and then he kicks yeah. in and says right let's have a look at the map and he gets it all out and stuff and I thought also, I love that moment it was so good and then you know Conchu appears to Stephen and says you know I remember that night I remember all of the nights. And so they're building that, and I love the fact that they are, and this goes back to what you were saying, Matt, about them being a team, like they've all got a purpose. Mm. I think Conchie is recognising that. And then they twist back the night, and he actually has helps him, and he calls the suit. And um, So, yeah, what, about, what, were your th- what were your thoughts on that front then, uh, Matt, about this, you know, them building as a team, and, then, and obviously then firing the stars back 2,000 years so they can do the, uh, the coordinates? I, I think that's I really like that because it starts to lean into the uh, uh, the idea of this uh, this what are we calling it disassociative personality disorder yeah, multiple, whatever mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah you know it, it leans into the, the the notion you know how does one live with this and how do you is it like having somebody else in your head that you're that you can be friends with or or what's it like and how do you learn to live with it and i think it's uh, interesting uh, from a perspective not only in in the story but if this was some if this was uh, happening in real in the real world how would you deal with this i know it's not the same thing but uh, you know the movie a beautiful mind mm-hmm. i i i i'm getting feelings like that of uh russell crowe's character and how he learns to deal with uh you know the character the other person mm-hmm. in his head paul bettany which he's Im- imagining uh, not the vision but you know the same actor yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh you know how how is how is uh how would that be in real life is that kind of what you would go through but in in this case it's different whereas you know russell crowe's character in that film has to completely basically ignore that this person is there because they're not real Mm. for for moon knight mark specter if he's the original these 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 other personalities he's he's finding a way to live with them and work with them as opposed to shut them out it almost as if they are facets of his own personality he's not in touch with and i just you know you know people have different aspects of the personality some they may like some they may not like and and uh some they may feel you know is you know uh the opposite of what they want to be or how they see themselves and so it it kind of throws it to everybody in that sense how do you deal with different aspects of your personality and how do you make how does all that go together to be a person and you know is that is, is what's happened is his, his personality splintered and he was a much more uh uh put together well-rounded person individual and so we're getting a splintering of his personalities that that's what that's what that's that's my take on that yeah. <laughs> but that's what i'm thinking about it's it's a lot but i think it's it's one of them even if, even if it's not exactly like the comics with the 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 portrayal of the of the personalities it's really interesting and that kind of character thing is what usually drives my enjoyment of mm. shows and comics and stuff and any fiction at all so that aspect for me is is really intriguing and i really like seeing how that plays out because this is one of those cases where you know you if you gave this if you took this person to a uh 
you know, a psychologist, like we see in the comics in the current run, mm. he is in, you know, therapy, you know, it almost seems like this is taking a different path saying, you've got to learn to work together. How do you make all, this is all you, how do you work together? Not, you know, no one's saying that, but it seems to be what's being suggested by the storyline. Whereas we haven't gotten a whole lot of exploration with it currently in the comic. We just know it exists, but uh, I find that, really fascinating and i'm really enjoying that aspect of it yeah, and then no, of course really. how to, what it's what does that mean for his relationship with with layla, layla? well that was yeah. like something i wanted to touch on because there's a really nice moment when he does um he does you know transition to steven and steven sort of like he's got the map and he sort of like he's, he's put teletaping those pieces together and he sort of gives her that the star chart and she sort of looks at him and she's like steven and then you know they've got that connection because she, she's like you know she says oh, voila he's like that's French. Going back to obviously the the poetry, the that French literature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I kind of like that. Yeah, they're, they're all building, and she is recognizing the, those differences. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this whole sort of section? Then, uh, if we build I, to the end, I thought it was good. I, I say I was watching it with my son, who's eleven, and uh, at this point, he just started laughing because when Stephen comes back, he just says, "Oh, it's so funny." He just he's just like, "Oh, hello." Oh, cheerio! <laughs> he talks. I was like, it is quite jarring when he when the transitions happen uh, really quickly. I I like the way they handle the uh, the different personalities, though. I, I I think they make a lot of use of mirrors, don't they? Mm-hmm. And if mm. you think, uh, my mind wanders back to like even the first episode where you've got Oscar Isaac and he's got like a mirror in front of him and then two to the side. So again, uh, my mind's thinking, well, okay, they were already telling us there was like three personalities there. Um, But I really liked the fact that he was starting to build that relationship with Konshu and, you know, he's kind of saying, well, do do what I'm doing. And again, you kind of, we've seen Konshu be a bit of a dick, haven't we? Be quite menacing and and, uh, intolerant of Stephen. Um, But, you know, again, he was properly putting himself out, knowing what the consequences would be, um, you know, but he felt it had to be done. I think what I was wondering, though, again, coming back to the, wasn't Reed Richards looking out his window at this time? Like, if they're putting the stars back to how they were we could see other people looking up in the sky other people could see this so it's not it wasn't a thing from mark's perspective he's not seeing all these other people seeing no, we stuff. saw we saw like cairo stops and yeah. you see arthur harrow in a car and you see it reflecting in the glass of his car that it's it's yeah. actually happening yeah yeah but I, I was wondering again is that like a localized thing what what is actually happening to those those stars that are out there are they rewinding back or, or what is happening? Is it, yeah, is it just a projection? Like the actual physics, the actual yeah. physics, physics principles that are happening, like are stars yeah. actually moving? Yeah, are, there are, they, are, they, going, are they going out back there in pushing time? stars around yeah. in order to... Or is it yeah. Just, yeah, are they going back just, in time? Yeah, or is it just a projection? Yeah, is it like an illusion? Yeah. Like he's sort of like, cause, you know, but it causes them pain. Oh, that's, you, know, you said the thing about yeah. consciousness, yeah. like the energy to do it. Mm. Uh, and obviously even um steven in, in the, the mr knight suit says like struggling to hold this standard yeah. a bit. um and they, they but they get the coordinates but it, as you said dave it's sort of like um whilst this is going on it's a step too far like again it's sort of like, you know it, it has made people aware of us so that that seems to be the thing that's the the line that, that um india don't want to cross 
And in doing so, they then start to sort of to form some sort of ritual and they um, imprison Khonshu in a, in a small stone statue. Um, and he says, just before he, cause he says before we do it, uh, he says, um, you know, when this happens, you know, tell Mark to rescue me, basically tell Mark to yeah. save me. And he does, he gets sort of thingy. But then Stephen, Mark, whoever, we're not sure who, stands up without the suit on, back in his normal clothes and collapses in the desert. Now, he's not dead, as you sort of said, Matt, like they won't kill him. However, he has lost the influence of Khonshu. But it was Khonshu that was keeping him alive. Like it, you know, resurrected him and stuff. He's, they've already said that mm. in, in this series. So, yeah, he could be dead. I don't know yet. Um, but he's not going to have the suit. So I'm, I'm hoping they don't go like a couple of episodes with him not being in the suit. We'll have to see what happens in that. But Well, I don't think he'd be dead because Kanji said, tell Mark to save me. He yeah. wouldn't say... Hey, tell the dead guy to save me because he's dead. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, would know that. You know, he's that's, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I don't know. The, the, the end of this sort of felt like you know this is good. one of the things that this is leading to is like the low point, isn't it? Like we've now we've now hit the halfway point, and they're trying to sort of like put Mark and Steve and everything into the the underdog thing now. Like the, everything is against them. They no longer have the protection of the suit. Um, or uh, you know the power of Konshu. Like this is now two. I was gonna say two guys. This is one guy, two personalities against maybe three, <laughs> maybe three, and maybe and maybe that's where things are going to come in. And that's what I was going to ask. Like we'll, we'll get we'll do some speculation, but like yeah, just these two against Harrow and potentially Ahmet. Um, and we'll have to see how that sort of comes about. But yeah, the, 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 you know, you said about the sacrifice of, of Konshu, sort of like you know. Um, what about where this episode ends up then? You know, with uh, Khonshu trapped in the stone statue. I think it's essentially Iron Man 3, isn't it? So he's now stripped his suit. He's got to decide, you know, is it about the suit or is it about the person? So we're going to have to see, like you say, at least Mark and Stephen work together. Mm. And then I think we're maybe going to explore a bit more about that third character i must admit i thought Konshu's statue would be a bit bigger yeah <laughs> it's just like a little figure i was uh, hoping for the one they have in the if you ever see the one they have in the comic uh it's a really it, cool yeah it's really tall yeah, it's got that yeah. so it has yep. the cowl and it has a really cool look so that's yeah. what I, was, I was sort of hoping for that and then when they had this little thing even i was a bit like oh <laughs> it's fairly underwhelming we'll see, wasn't it <laughs> yeah. we'll see what actually happened was that the director wrote down on the napkin at the table for the prop director six feet but he used the wrong uh, thing. So it I, I love it i love much, his final much tap like, reference much like stonehenge <laughs> so you know unfortunately Put it next this, to his little stone yeah. might also be trampled by a dwarf <laughs> very good <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, it does. Sorry, it, I love that movie. It's so <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, it is. It's 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 an interesting place to leave it at the halfway point. I mean, we know there's going to be a triumphant return and that sort of thing. And, but one of the things that's interesting is um, for reviewers, for critics, and all that kind of thing. They they obviously only released the first four episodes, so we we were we're we're one episode away now from unknown uncharted territory really. I mean, for us it's all uncharted but one of the things that was interesting that oscar isaac said is that oh it takes a left turn for the end in an interview like oh yeah it gets it's a bit of a left turn it's, you know so i'm like okay this could be 
really interesting. I don't know where this is going to go. Like now, I don't know what they're going to do at the end. Um, but we shall see. But let, let's do that speculation. Let's sort of just just for this series. But I, I was interested to um, really ask you guys. We sort we've sort of touched on it, but I think we've got enough. We've got far enough in now. So two things. Speculation for the end of the series. I think you were right. You know, you said before, sort of, mate. It's, it's difficult to guess. But any thoughts based on where they're taking this story? Um, do we think this is going to go? Well, I, I have two thoughts. One of them is ridiculous and silly, so I'll start with that one. Next Always issue. Good. Next issue. Next episode opens up uh, back in America with Jack Russell becoming Werewolf by Night. Um, <laughs> that's your left turn. Uh, but what I really think probably will happen is. Uh, Layla, Stephen, and Mark will have to somehow regroup, get a plan, and decide what happens next, uh, and how to, and do they, first of all, do they need to save Khonshu first? That's the first thing to decide. Uh, well, it seems like it would be the logical thing, but what if they decide maybe he's part of the problem, and let's see if we can do this without bringing him back, mm. and maybe there's another way of doing it. Uh, because in the comics, there's no mystical powers. It's just, you know, him in a suit, very Batman-like in his approach. Uh, an unfair comparison, I would say, because there's so much more about the, the character as a personality, mm -hmm. personalities than, than, this, than the Bruce Wayne and the whole motivation. Um, and I think, uh, I think that would be interesting to see them decide, uh, let's try to do it without Khonshu, um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Dave, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, like I say, I, at the moment we're at the Iron Man three point, so I think we're going to have to see Harrow over the next couple of episodes really turn up the dial. I think we will get to the point where Amots will be released, you know, cause a bit of havoc. the The other Egyptian gods are a, an interesting wild card, aren't they? Mm. Because we don't know how are they going to react. Uh, I was a little bit confused about why they were so bothered about whether Konshu was uh, using Mark as a sick avatar. Like, is is that a moral line? Morality, seemed to, wanna... yeah, morality was a bit grey with them. Let's be clear. Yeah, exactly. So I, I wasn't really sure why that was a, a problem, and they were all very quick, uh, or, or they weren't really interested in the Harrows trying to release mm. amut thing so i'm not entirely sure are some of them in on it you know are some of them pro releasing amut um quite possibly yeah Matt, you have your hand up you <laughs> i do i do i'm sorry um i i don't think it was a, a case of them being in on it i think they were using that as a way of uh undermining uh his uh uh mark's reliability as a as a witness and mm. saying mm. this guy's nuts you know what he's talking about he's crazy look at him he's and and the problem is conscious using somebody that is you know compromised so why how can we trust anything either of them say i thought mm. that was the whole purpose of that i don't think that they're I, really I, on i i think the guy in the suit at the end or that was uh colluding with her i think He's in on it, mm -hmm. but I think the I think the other ones may not be. I think there's probably eventually going to be a, you know, a reckoning between the group, uh, mm -hmm. with the one. I think the one lady. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a split between them, and I like that idea. Mm. What one of the things my my prediction for the my speculation for the next episode 
because they've they've clearly and dropped. then he gets an avatar for each of his different personalities. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them's a blue cat person. Um, <laughs> no, I think for, the, for, the next, for the next episode, I think they've they've, they've hinted at Layla being a Tomb Raider. You know, she's the archaeologist. She's, yep. she's the thing like, and they've said about her stealing artifacts. And I think, I think the next episode is going to be a heist episode, and mm. I think it's going to be a bit like. Uh, let's, let's call it, you know, um, uh, Spectres 11. <laughs> like, there's going to have to be, they're going to have to have these things. They've each got jobs to do to mm. allow her to steal the statue of Konshu. And you're going to have to have that sort of the, the switching between um, Mark and Stephen to do different parts, you know, to get into the. Stephen, Stephen's going to give them the knowledge of how to get into, excuse me, the Great Pyramid of Giza. Mark's going to be the kick-ass one that does it, you know, does something, and she's going to be the sort of the Tomb Raider that goes in and gets the statue. Like, I think that'd be kind of cool. I think you know, and I think it will end again because you you know um, with the suit in some way. I think I think you know I don't think we'll have Konshu trapped for too long. Um, but I think I think it'll end with them releasing Konshu in some way, um, and then we're going to be entering into. And but I think you might find that the releasing of Konshu will then be at the same time as the release of Amut. I think the last two episodes are going to be this sort of Amut is released and how do we put the genie back in the bottle um, kind of thing. It, it, it's Mephesto. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's going to be him and it's but Agatha I, I all think, along. <laughs> I, think, I think at some point, though, we have to uh, uh, account for the fact that Layla is going to find out if what really happened in with her dad. Because I think it's been hinted at that that I've been I mentioned I'm just going to say it that that spec that Mark is responsible for her father's death. I think that has to be that's being hinted at, and I think that has to be addressed. And I think there may be that may also uh, form a split between the two of them before they're able to you know because even in the comics she blamed Marlene blamed him initially. She did, you know. Yes, I mean it was technically uh, Raoul Bushman. I don't know if we're going to get to me. I I so I was wondering about are we. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna get him show up and be like, you know, this is what really happened? Or Raoul are we Bushman. Get that whole... if, if they bring me Raoul Bushman and they give him the <laughs> the, the, the full the on skull face tattoo, <laughs> that'd be amazing because he is awesome as a character. Like he is like, you know, one of the things that's funny actually. I want to sort of wrap up, and there's a couple of bits to talk about on some of the characters uh, from my comic, the comic thing. I've seen these these, and, and this is the thing that's been. And I'll, excuse my language, but it's been really pissing me off and it's sort of like you hit a little bit of a nerve the constant batman <laughs> uh, the constant batman uh comparisons and things and now they're sort of like with this guy who was midnight man and they're sort of like oh if anyone was going to be uh moon knight's joker it would be this guy no he's bloody not <laughs> he dies it's bloody Bush. <laughs> he appears in i think in like issue five or six of the first run he's dead halfway through the same run like he doesn't have that country. He's an art thief. However, he has a son. And this is one of the things that goes back to the Finch run that you were mentioning before. So he has a, he has a son who he didn't um, give much attention to. Like he'd left him behind. So he was raised by his mom. And then this lad's name is Jeff Weil. And so Jeff turns up in a future, um, in a future run uh, called Mark Spectre Moon Knight, which has run through the 80s. Chuck Dixon introduced him. Um, 
and he sort of comes on and sort of says, look, I, I want to be, like, you know, my dad did this and I want to make myself, I want to be better and I want to be your sidekick. And he becomes Moon Knight's sidekick in, in, for a time. But Moon Knight's constantly like, like, do one. Like, sidekicks are stupid. You know, who wants to, there's a great one where he's like, why would I ever take a kid out, like, at night to fight crime? Like, that's ridiculous. So, you know, they have that fun poke at things. And he does. But anyway, eventually, Jeff gets so annoyed um, with being rejected, he steals a Moon Knight costume and goes out as Moon Knight one night, gets into a fight with the Secret Empire and actually is is blown up. Um, but when he gets blown up, they take his body, sort of secret, the Winter Soldier style, and turn him into a cyborg. Um, mm. And then so Jeff Wilde then comes back at least once in that same run to try and take out Moon Knight. And again, he's blown up to return uh, uh, what's it, Houston? Um, yeah, what's it? Houston brought him back with David Finch um, in the 2005 run, um, and he comes back as Midnight Man, and that's where you'll remember uh, the, yeah. the, the, the the clocks and all this other stuff. And he is he's got like a, he's got like a metal arm and all this other stuff, and he also has a nurse with him who's also a cyborg, and she is the nurse way back from Moon uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight who was taking care of him at the time, and, and yeah. It's ace. It's a really good sort of thing, but it's like Jeff Wilde is unfortunately like he's closer to being this thing of the Joker. But I also think like Raoul Bushman, who pops up every now and then, is 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 probably better. But yeah, there's all these old characters that and I, I like that sort of like you know that there's this legacy thing. They keep tapping into these older characters. Um, but one of the there was one of the things I wanted to do. We sort of touched on it, um, and obviously this is Disney Plus, so it's not big screen, so not everyone. Moon Knight is doing the gangbusters all over the place. Like, you know, I know I'm in the bubble, so I see it everywhere, but I hear people talking about it, which is cool. Um, do you think Moon Knight could work in the wider MCU? Dave, I'll ask you first. Oh, oh go ahead, Matt. You, you were going to say something. I, I definitely think it could. I definitely think it could. I think uh, you were talking about the two different paths they're on right now, and I think Moonlight kind of brings both of them together, the sort mm. of street-level kind of stuff we were talking about, but also it has the sort of mystical uh, elements that they're really trying to to work with so much more in the future projects. And, you know, Thor is kind of the same It's kind of the same way. It's It's got sort of two different sides to it. Um, but I think, uh, I think Moonlight definitely can. I think you just got to figure out how you want to fit him in yeah. you know because you could easily fit him into the the supernatural side and take it along the blade and uh you know whatever's going on with that uh, but you could also have him uh end up in a street in new york city alongside kate bishop and they're fighting looking for the same bad guy the same you know because eventually if that's one thing that's really different about this this show than the comics is the comics is all at least from my uh my experience i haven't read everything obviously it's always been much more urban and city mm -hmm. uh, and city centered and usually it's new york or whatever and if i'm wrong correct me um and there's this other egyptian mystical element to it but it's much more urban and you know Definitely. street fighting stuff yeah. so i i think I think that's kind of jarring for this series as well, um, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it, but I think there's easily, it's got both worlds in it and you can go either way with it. And mm. maybe that's how you bring both of those worlds together in the next big event. You have, 
you know, sort of more street level things that we've seen, I guess, in Hawkeye and Captain America Winter Soldier. And then you've got your uh, more mystical stuff we've seen in WandaVision and uh, I guess Loki would make fit that as well even i haven't seen it and of course the movies are the same way you know dr strange is on kind of like that too and then uh, uh well she hulk will be more urban i'm assuming and yeah not really mystical we, we kind of know her story well you know? I, think, I think i think you're right because i think one of the things to highlight i think is you're right definitely about the comics i mean you know it does sort of have these little sojourns into different parts of the world like it taps into like oh yeah mark Spector. when they remember like oh yeah mark Spector works for the cia yeah. he was a spy yeah. we should really take we should take advantage of that and they will have <laughs> it every now and then but often it is new york city that's every other marvel comic is um but like you say at the moment the next couple of series that are coming up is like you've got miss marvel which is i think based in long island or new jersey so all right that's going to be sort of street level and then you've got uh, She-Hulk, which again is going to be courtroom drama. It's going to be basically sort of. They wanted this bit of mystical, but the one thing I've got in my head. Actually, I'll save it. Though, this one thing I've got in my head, but uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Dave. What are your thoughts on sort of Moon Knight in the you know fitting in with the rest of the MCU? I think he absolutely could, and as Matt said, I, I think that you know they did that with Thor. You know that mm. first Avengers movie for me just changed the game in what we can expect from comic book movies. Mm. So we've got Thor, you know, uh, a god, Norse god there, uh, with Hawkeye, Clint Barton, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it works. It totally works, and it, and so I, I think. When they're done well, that's what they do with the the DC and the Marvel comics, isn't it? They have all these different tones. Mm. Um, you know, you can get your uh, kind of espionage fix from your Captain America comics or whatever, or you can uh, read a bit of Doctor Strange and get you know the mystical side of things as well. So I do think Moon Knight he would kind of fit in more with that Doctor Strange side of the universe. If you think you've got you know you've got that grounded i'm going to call it the the captain america pocket where you've got mm. kind of bucky barnes and and uh, sam wilson and what have you you've got your doctor strange mystical magic uh stuff then you've got your guardians of the galaxy your cosmic pocket so for me you've got those three things and and you know, I do think they can all come together and let's face it i don't think they've brought oscar isaac on no. Just for this series, <laughs> yeah, he's they, got to be on the big screen at some yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, they keep saying he actually, you know, he's made, he's made comments and said like, you know, oh, well, I need to sign a contract for this series. I'm like, M Marvel, Disney, don't do that. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> They're not stupid. <laughs> yeah, he knows how this works. He's done Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I think um, you're right. I think one one of the things in my head that I keep th I keep coming back to when I see this thing is like. The, 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 you had the Infinity Saga, as they sort of they now refer to it, which takes you up to Endgame, and the sort of like the big bad of that was this cosmic sci-fi baddie. You know, you had um, the the gems, you know, the the, the Infinity Stones. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit mystical, but they're based. You know, it's, it's more sci-fi fantasy, really, isn't it? This idea of sort of like the cosmic coming to Earth. It was about widening up the cosmic um, side of the the, the Marvel um, universe. And I am convinced that the next big bad is going to be Mystic. And it may well be Mephisto. I don't know. <laughs> it, it could be it could be Dormammu returning. It could be something else. Oh. I don't know. But this idea of, you know, you, you've had the Eternals um, 
teased, which is your cosmic, which I'm sure is going to. But I, I honestly think there's going to be more leaning into the mystic as we go forwards, um, and the monsters and the magic and all this other stuff with sort of like say with Blade and the and um, uh, the, the Black Knight and all this other stuff. So yeah, I, that's my thinking. So I think you're right. You, hopefully, he can work, and I, I want to see him. I'd love to see Moon Knight and um, Blade on the same screen. I think that'd be cool. Um, there's there's a couple of other characters. You know, I mean, a, a personal favourite would be if they ever did bring back Charlie Cox as, as, as uh, Daredevil. Oh, that'd be so good. Uh, have him well, and Moon Knight on the same screen. Oh, nom, 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 aren't, nom. aren't they supposed to be setting up something for a, a ser- another Daredevil series or something? I was hearing something about Echo and stuff. Setting up, I, mean, I don't know enough. Yeah. Of, I don't know enough about her. I honestly, I'd never heard of her until I saw the Hawkeye series. I was she's, like, a, she's a Bendis Chris, isn't she? She was created by Bendis. Oh, well, no wonder I've never heard of her. That yeah. <laughs> she's quite a recent. Bendis, Bendis was good in Marvel days, though, and I, I know he's. Yeah. He was all right. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't recommend the Marvel, bet uh, the the Bendis Moon Knight run. If I'm honest. Oh, I thought I thought <laughs> I thought his Daredevil was really good. Daredevil was great. Yeah, yeah, and obviously you know Ultimate Spider-Man. But um, yeah, we shall see. But yeah, I think Echo is a relatively recent, like last twenty years kind of creation. Yeah, yeah. So I I was hearing about that and mm. thinking maybe that that that. So he's. I mean, he was in Spider-Man. Mm. Um, so I figure they can't. They're not using just for that. He's got to be coming I'm back. I'm sure yeah, I saw D'Onofrio tweet something yesterday about about Charlie Cox. I, I I I'm sure there's a series coming, or it's at least rumored. I think one of those things is obviously you know the the the, the Netflix marvel shows are now on disney plus they've slightly re-edited them to sort of make them their own to claim them as their own um really they re-edited them not the not so much the shows there's a couple of things i think they removed like there were some dedications and there was some sort of like um sneak things at the end of episodes and stuff that sort of like you know we're we're never going to pan out so they've gone we don't need those anymore so we'll drop that um they sort of tied them up to fit within the mcu um and I think there was going to be how much attention do they get, you know, when we move them to Disney Plus. And I, I think I think they have seemed to have got some attention. So we shall see how it all pans out. You know, you can never tell what's sort of next. Um, uh, but yes, Ben, any final thoughts for um, uh, the friendly type episode three of Moon Knight? Uh, Matt, any final thoughts? I'll just say I'm enjoying the series. I'm, I mean, it's. Like I said before, it's if you're a comic book reader, it's going to throw you some turns, and that's I think sometimes it can be good, sometimes it can be a little disappointing, but I think there are ways to. There's I think they're doing a good job of making it interesting to where I'm not like I don't want to watch this because it's not like the comics. I think it's like well, it's it's still interesting, it's good, so I'm going to stick around. That's that's my that's probably all I have left to say. (laughs) Excellent, Dave. Any final thoughts? Uh, the Vincent D'Onofrio thing I just checked out and he was just saying, you know, thanks to everyone for all your feedback. Uh, all the people who are just discovering uh, Daredevil now. So obviously it's gone on to Disney Plus, hasn't it? So it's the thing. I think loads new, of new, new people. people are yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't really thought about that. Um, you know what? I, we haven't touched on it, but I thought it was really telling when Harrow was talking about how much he enjoyed 
you know, the the vengeance that he yes. dished out, you know, uh, in Conchu's name kind of thing. I think all the best religious zealots have that, you know, healthy dose of hypocrisy. We, and mm. we've seen him be completely in control. He's never been out of control yet. And so I'm hoping for, you know, some rage to, to burst out at some point. You know, we've seen that he does believe all the things that he says, you know, mm. and, you know, he's putting his, uh, uh, putting all the crushed glass in episode one in his jellies or whatever he was walking around in, you know. They've kept that sound effect. Right. So when you listen to him walking, you hear the crunching oh. of glass. They've kept that. So it's not, it wasn't just a one-off. They, they have kept yeah. that sound effect, which is quite cool. So yeah, th- seeing him completely lose it, you know, again, Ethan Hawke, you don't cast him for just a, an average baddie you know Mm. i I think i'm expecting big things from him yeah i think those last two episodes are going to be somewhat interesting you know um we shall see but yes anyway ladies and gentlemen i hope you've enjoyed us talking about episode three of moon knight um thank you for joining us in the midnight mission uh before we go though uh let's do a bit of a round table let's see where people where can people find you and hear you so matthew where can people find you and where can they listen to you uh, classic comics feed with uh, classic comics. Haven't had a new episode in a while. I apologize for that, but that doesn't mean I haven't written one. <laughs> and then I'm at DC Comics News with reviews uh, weekly. Uh, at Matthew B underscore Lloyd and the classic comic show is at Comics Lloyd. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and as I said, the king of comic mo- comics emotion. Um <laughs> Just who's listening. I don't know if that, that makes uh, Chris either your prince or your jester. I'm not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking queen, but, you know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, we, we are, uh, well, he we does are gender listen inclusive. and then we are gender inclusive later. Yeah, gender inclusive. Uh, where can people find you and what, where can people hear you? So uh, you can get me on the TV and movie reviews. We've been a bit flaky with that of late, but uh, we'll get back on it soon. You can also get me on the VHS Strikes Back and also started up a new project with Matt and Max Byrne as well. Uh, Matt, Tony, uh, Farina and Max Byrne. Uh, Sorry, Matt, not one with you, but I'm sure we'll do another one in the future, (laughs) maybe. Um, so yeah, we, we've just decided to go a little bit outside the comic sphere and just talk about our love of uh, music, basically. Mm. So we just we've got a huge bunch of albums, and we've got a little wheel of fortune thing going on, and we just pick one at random, and then we uh, published our last uh, our first episode out this last Sunday. So uh, we tackle the 1989 Skid Row album and nice. uh, that was a lot of fun and then we've got led zeppelin coming up next so it's cool. going to be a lot of fun What's it called? A bit it's mandatory mandatory music and cd yeah. wicked so a bit yeah. of a play on max's mandatory. uh mandatory marvel, marvel and dc very nice <laughs> i like a good play on words excellent okay well ladies and gentlemen as always uh it's been a pleasure talking with you guys i've really enjoyed tonight again and uh, can't wait for the next episode uh but for ladies and gentlemen listening i hope you've enjoyed it and we shall talk to you on the next episode.